This show is brought to you by Nice Mug. Nice Mug is the only mug made entirely out of ice. For more information, go to nicemug.com and enter the coupon code SAUNA for 10% off your entire purchase. Well, hey, everybody, uh, this is Glenn uh, with Sound of Times, and uh, hey, this episode of Sound of Talk is dedicated to you, to, to you who have a project uh, looming, uh, something you've been thinking about, uh, something that's been in your head. Maybe you're at your office somewhere or driving somewhere, and I just want you to maybe close your eyes, not if you're driving, but if you're at your office or just sitting there and just imagine like a project that's been kind of nagging at you. Uh, I don't know, maybe it's fixing the fence in the backyard or putting in shelves in your garage or, hey, it could be building a sauna in your own backyard. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> what I want you to do is think about your project. And um, you can open your eyes now. And what I want uh, to this to happen for you is to listen to this podcast and then have some clarity about how to tackle this project. Uh, hey, one of the projects projects I want to encourage you to do is uh, those in northern climates that have a, uh, a garden hose uh, spigot in their backyard maybe um, is to convert it to a frost-free uh, faucet. It's a great thing to do and the big box stores sell them Menards, Home Depot. It's super easy. It's a great little project. So if you don't have a project, if you're not imagining one, I want you to manage in this one because I'm staring at the spigot uh, coming off my backyard and I love it because uh, when it's too cold to have the outdoor shower running, um, it's just super awesome to take a five gallon sheetrock bucket, which I often use in the sauna hot room, you know, for cold water and stuff. And you can be in a, it could be zero degrees in January and you come out and you're wearing your bathrobe or just a towel or maybe nothing. And you just stick your bucket underneath turn the water on it's one of life's simple pleasures is to be able to access water when it's zero degrees outside so let's just run with that project um, I will put a link in the show notes here to how to do this it's a simple little home improvement thing um, so back to uh, Terry and sauna talk so this is part of the 218 series uh, this episode and um, th this is with Terry DeGroot and Terry is also joined by Mike Tuttle and Mike is an amazing guy in his own right he's certainly and admittedly not handy so they're great bookends you got Terry super handy and Mike Tuttle not as handy but you know what Mike isn't afraid to tackle stuff either you know and this is what it's like living on an island both these guys are on Pine Island where my cabin is there's a series of about 20 cabins uh, all connected by a path along this point on this beautiful part of Lake Vermilion and we all know each other you know that's just kind of what it is there's a little community up there and Terry is like the kingpin of this community in a way he knows everybody he's a care a career handyman and caretaker uh, his territory on the is on the islands of Lake Vermilion and Tower Minnesota and Terry was uh, brought to Pine Island in diapers he had small periods away from Lake Vermilion with his family living in Hawaii for a few years and a career with the Duluth News Tribune in, uh, down in Duluth. Yet primarily, 
Terry has spent his whole life on this on the lake. Uh, he has been an invaluable help to many dozens of cabin owners on the lake. His skills as a handyman and builder are infinite. He has, uh, he has had his hands in about 40 to 50 different cabin projects. Uh, and in addition to that, he manages about 40 and 50 cabins as caretaker, which includes such tricky annual work as the docks in and out, uh, water systems shut down, opened up, plus the myriad of things that can come up from you know, at a, at a cabin some from like roof leaks to bees nest to, well, you name it. Uh, if you have, if you have had anything weird go wrong at your home, chances are Terry has, in, has encountered exactly this and many times over. And Terry, just like myself, has built about a dozen saunas himself. And I've learned some tricks from him. And I'd like to think he's learned a few tricks from me as well. Uh, we've spent many sauna rounds on the bench discussing building nuances. It's a testament to Terry's passion to the trades, as well as his continued interest in learning and expanding his knowledge base. And, you know, one of Terry's favorite lines is, what one man can do, another can do. It's from the movie The Edge. Uh, the movie is about a wealthy businessman played by Anthony Hopkins, who, with his son-in-law, played by Alec Baldwin, uh, gets into a harrowing chase down by a grizzly bear after their single-engine airplane has to make an emergency landing in the wilderness. Um, so, But Terry isn't worried about bears on Pine Island. Uh, the expression for him is about not being daunted by problems that come up with projects. And sometimes these projects are overwhelming for the specialists who had initially been called in. After the pros get boated back to the public landing at mainland, you know, shaking their heads no, most often Terry comes in and fixes the problem. I've seen this more than a couple times. One of my lines is, getting the right tools and materials to the job site is half the job. This is hard to dispute for island work, which Terry does most of. Sure, you could argue that cutting the grass is only, say, 30% about having gas in your lawnmower, the blade sharpened, the right shoes on, oil in the engine, all that. But when I'm building like a deck, for example, I know that having all the right tools and materials on site is half the battle. It's actually most of the work, come to think of it. Once everything's there and you have this like clear mind to are tackling the project, it's actually really fun not to have to chase down materials or go borrow tools or, or what have you. The third philosophy of tackling projects is something I often see with how Terry operates. Ryan Holiday, in his book, The Obstacle is the Way, presents the observation that which blocks our path creates a new path. Nowhere is this more exemplified than with uh, completing projects. I can't tell you how many times I've hit a stumbling block only to realize that the project was trying to tell me something. There's a better way. Can't find any finish nails? Damn it. Well, I'll glue and screw it. Turns out it was the right thing to do. Hit my thumb with the hammer? After a big swear word, word you know, turns out... Grabbing my crowbar was the right tool after all. A screw breaks off trying to undo the fitting for the dishwasher. Well, replacing the entire fitting was the right thing to do because it was going to rust out anyway. Terry lives this kind of thing. He practices a growth mindset. Things are going to fuck up, no question. But what appears to be a problem or a setback usually turns out to be a path to a better solution.
This episode with Terry is part of the 2 and 8 series of Sauna Talk. We heard it with Daryl Lampa, who spent countless hours in his garage learning about how wood burns and tinkering with the design of his sauna stove. And with Terry, we see the same type of devotion to his trade, a care and commitment to making something remarkable and making it right. These kind of people impress the heck out of me, and we can all be more like this with our projects in our lives. Lastly, for those tackling their own sauna build or home project, I'd like to introduce you to WIT, W-I-T. You can read about how applying will, information, and time to your project, whatever it may be, will lessen the amount of money you'll need to throw at your project and will certainly maximize your satisfaction with the project. I'll put a link in the show notes, but it's a formula I live by, not just with sauna building, but with so much in life. These three pillars, will, information, and time, they're all out there, especially uh, in this age in the internet. And one of my uh, more more uh, uh, book, enjoyable books was Makers by Chris Anderson, the editor-in-chief of Wired Magazine. And you know he indirectly talks about this, how information is so accessible this day and age. And it circles back to Anthony Hopkins, what one man can do, another can can do just google it and it's amazing how you know you can empower yourself to tackling your own projects so uh, terry is one of my top mentors Uh, he saved my ass countless of times at the lake i try not to bug him as he's always going from one cabin to another and you see his boat going by you know like it's i'm having coffee in the morning and you see the boat go the the right way you know heading to the right and then you know a little bit later in the day i'll see the boat heading left and he's always back and forth going from one cabin to the next and he works hard every day you know when i see him i'm always happy and we we have a great time and we saw a lot together and um you know, he just fixed my dock, you know, and it's a perfect example I, uh, about tools, right? So he didn't have this high lift jack. So I went to the L&M supply place in Virginia, Minnesota. He told me what tool to get. I got it. I had it ready for him. I had all the resources for him that he needed. And he was doing project A and he carved out a little time with his two assistants. And I wasn't even home, but I came home and he fixed my dock. The The ice had jammed the, the base of the dock, uh, against the shoreline and it actually power the ice bent it and uh i'll be damned but terry fixed it and uh that's terry that's terry de groot so without further ado uh please uh welcome to this episode of sauna talk terry de groot well hello everybody the two and eight series continues uh, it's two and eight sauna talk. Uh, it's northern Minnesota, and uh, this is the, the the trio. This is the uh, trilogy, and it's a great one. Uh, I'm coming out of my cabin right now. It's overcast. Looks like it may want to rain. It's uh, still summer, late summer, late August, and I'm going down to the sauna. And Terry Terry DeGroote just pulled up, and uh, Terry's going to take a sauna. He's got a beer in his hand. Got his sandals going, swim trunks. I don't see a towel. He probably left it in the boat. That's how organized he is. He knows after round one he can grab his towel from down there. But Terry DeGroot, he's a builder. He's a contractor. He knows how to do stuff. He uh, is the go-to guy for dozens of cabins up here. He's built major. He's built cabins and he maintains cabins. So welcome to Sauna Talk. 
Joining us is Mike Tuttle. Hey, Mike, say hey to everybody. Oh, hello, everybody. Yeah, we're getting ready for a nice sauna on a nice day on Lake Vermilion. And, Mike, for how many years you've, have you been coming up to 2 and 8? Like, you're a 2 and 8 you're from Eveleth. How many years have you been coming to Lake Vermilion? Speak loud, please. I've been coming up since 1954. Louder. So, 1954. Right on. So, over right 50 on. years. And do you remember your first sauna? Loud. Uh, my first sauna, real loud. My first sauna was at a scout camp. How old were you? And I was probably about uh, 14 years old before right I took my first one. Right on, right on. And uh, so Mike, he lives uh, in Atlanta in the off season. He lives on Pine Island in the on season. And uh, Terry, what's your first memory of Lake Vermilion? How old were you, and and what do you remember? Um, well, I came up as a child, baby, <clears throat> and, uh... So let's get a little clarification on that. So when you say you came up as a child and as a baby, diapers? Yeah, nine months old. Terry, you've been coming up here your whole life since diapers, and, uh, you can answer the question I ask or trade in for a new one. <laughs> <laughs> the new one would be, tell us about your first sauna experience, but you pick the question you want to answer. Well, back in those days, that was all we had was a sauna. So we would, once a week or twice a week, if we're lucky, have a sauna, and that was in lieu of a bath or a shower that we might have today. So. Right on. These were functional bathing experiences. Yeah, absolutely. And they were enjoyed. I mean, you were like... Super young, you loved them, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And today's a functional bathing sauna. I mean, you know, there's no need for a shower today, right? You got a sauna going, right? Absolutely, yep, yep. Yeah. What did you do today, Terry? Uh, I worked the last seven days, so today was kind of a hooky day. I went and measured and did a few things, but nothing hard, hardcore. Okay, I was kind of expecting. This is a typical Terry answer. If he'll come over to sauna and he'll be like, Hey, Terry, what'd you do today? And then it's just like starting up the engine. He's like, well, I met the guys over at Grubin's at 8.30. We had a load come in from the lumber yard. We had to haul that out to uh, Daisy Island. So then I got the guys going there, and, and then I had to go over to this other island to measure for the roof. Right, Terry? I mean, there's a lot of stuff in your day, uh, this kind of project stuff, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that happens. Right on. Okay, so we're going to go take a hot room round, and then when we come back, we're going to uh, quiz Terry. And you got a whole sauna round, Terry, to think of this one. But as a builder of many saunas up north, we would like you to give us the top three tips or top three mistakes from a builder's perspective that you see in sauna construction. So, okay, Mike. Say it loud, buddy. Yes, this is in regards Terry, who's going to be giving you his answer soon. Some people are indefensible. Terry, on the other end, is is indispensable. He is really he really comes in handy and is uh, redoing our cabins and making them look better. Yes, well said, Mike. And Terry, one question is about how many cabins have you have your hand in in terms of projects? Um, and that number may be a little bit more than my second question is, how many cabins do you manage for the property owners? So, Yeah, about 45 on the managing and, and probably uh, at least that many or maybe more for projects. Yeah, right. So there you go. You guys chew on that one. We'll be right back after this sound around.
Well, okay, everybody, we're back. It's the end of round one. Just hanging out on the dock after jumping in the lake. So, Terry, back to sauna building, okay? You've built a bunch. About how many, would you say, or how many have you had your hands on? Maybe about a dozen. And uh, these are these are cabin saunas, electric and wood-burning, the whole shebang, right? Uh, yeah, not very many electric, but a few. Knowing everything you know about sauna building, what would you advise the listener what are the top, like, two, three mistakes or top two or three things you really want to keep keep a focus on and do correctly with sauna? You're building your sauna. Well, the height of the ceiling is, I mean, most people would um, try to build, like, a normal room with eight-foot ceilings. But if you can reduce your ceiling height to seven, you're going you're gonna to find it more efficient. Okay, that's number one, ceiling height. Number two? Well, you always try to include a fresh air intake. Um, if you make with modern building uh, uh, materials, we can make these things so airtight that you may have a problem. Um, this helps bring in um, maybe even if you get your sauna too hot, you can cool it down. Okay, so events would be number two. Mm-hmm. Right on. So ceiling height, seven feet, and then venture your hot room. Okay, number three. I would say um, doing a proper vapor barrier. Um, you're dealing with uh, high humidity, high temperatures, and trying to keep your insulation dry. So yeah. use tape, tape on all seams and uh, a, a good caulk on the bottom to really seal that, that vapor barrier. Right on. Hey, have you ever seen... Um Tongue and groove paneling installed upside down. You've told me this about three times. Go ahead on that one. Well, you know, people who are handy can think that if they reverse the uh, tongue and groove and start at the ceiling and work their way down, uh, they get a, a much nicer look, which is true. But but your tongue and groove has to be installed properly from the bottom up. And uh, I've seen it a couple of times. What you're doing is you're trapping any moisture. Uh, you, you could probably get away with doing that technique in other rooms, but not a sauna or bathroom with water because it, uh, it traps water in the, uh, in the groove. So what you're saying is tongue up, groove down. That's right. And a guy could actually start from the top, assuming that he... Yeah, it's no fun to do it that way. I mean, you don't want to start tongue up from the ceiling. Well, you can surf, surface nailing, then you'd have no way to to nail into the tongue, so you'd be surface nailing. Bingo. Well said, Terry. That was great. And I'm going to try to summarize that as a separate post. But um, you know what, Terry? I think talking about this is sauna talk, man, so we can talk crazy talk. I think you and I have it in us. To build a seventy, eighty thousand dollar sauna. What do you think? Would you want to do a project like that? We could collaborate together. Um, sure, as long as you're writing the checks. <laughs> okay, or I get somebody to write the check. Now, this is my feature that I'm thinking about for eighty, maybe even a hundred thousand dollar sauna. By the time you're done, I mean we got to make a little coin on the thing, right? I mean we deserve to get paid. Yeah. So say simple math, hundred grand, like a kick-ass sauna. That would like to be the sauna of all saunas, right? What I imagine is a stone wall water feature. You got anything that 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 we could help build to help turn into some grand? What would you think? Well, yeah, I mean, 
you'd be, I mean, the, the most important thing I could think of spending a lot of money on would be the foundation and, and uh, a lot of concrete. and Radiant heat, of course. Yeah, radiant heat would be a, a good start. Uh, and we'd have a wonderful screen-in porch, like the chill-out zone. We'd have showers like crazy, right? Multiple. There'd be a whole garden activity happening with cold plunge, be it in the lake or a mountain stream. But we would have a really kick-ass shower experience, wouldn't we? Right, right. Yeah, no, I think that would be great. So we could spend a hundred grand, right? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, plumbing would be a good 25 of it, don't you think? Um. Yeah, I haven't put the pencil to it, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to go in for another sauna round. Uh, anything you want to share to listeners, Terry, about you and sauna? You know, we talked a bit about building. Anything more come to mind there? I thought we hit the hot towers. You as a uh, sauna enthusiast uh, partake in sauna as a functional piece as much as a relaxation piece. But, Terry, you got to admit, if you're up, like fixing a roof or installing a roof and you're sore as hell. Tell me, tell me, isn't a sauna a great way to cap off a physical hard working day? Oh yeah, yep, yep. I think one of the the one of the benefits I like from a sauna is that um, it, it it just seems like that day that I have a sauna, I sleep uh, twice as as well as I normally do, yeah. and uh, it really yeah really puts you into a good mood for that and. And, uh, yep, sleep is, is a good thing. <laughs> sleep is a great thing. I totally understand what you're saying. As a matter of fact, I had that thought this morning. One of the reasons why I'm so excited we're taking a good three-round sauna right now is my sleep got off in the last couple of days. There was that storm last night, and uh, I don't even tell you what time I woke up today. I was kind of embarrassed how late it was. But now, if I'm going to get to sleep early tonight, you know, I need this sauna to, like, tuck me into bed. So I totally hear what you're saying. And isn't it a great thing when you when you wake up after a night's sleep after a sauna and you're shocked at how late it is? I mean, that's a good feeling, right? Absolutely. Yep, yep. Right. Mike, you want to say anything in parting words to the crew here? Yeah, I was going to say um, in a sauna, I like a window. For one thing, you can look and see who's in there before you go in. Yeah. And when you're in there, you can, of course, look out and hopefully at a lake. Yeah, well said, well said. And I'm a big fan of the candle window. It's a real spiritually traditional thing where in saunas, um, you know, built generations ago, uh, there was no electricity. And even many saunas in North America and in Northern Europe, you know, they're built at cabins and stuff and there's no electricity. And you know what? You don't need electricity with a with a sauna that's built properly with a candle window. And it's a very simple thing. Uh, it's a window between the common space between the hot room and the changing room and uh, you just stick a candle on, on the changing room side and that's all you need in the hot room it's magical how the soft light just dances across the the wood paneling and you hear the crackle of the fire and maybe it's you know maybe you have a, a window in your wood burning sauna so but anyway that's my ramble hey the, there's water skiers cruising by so, uh, hey, on behalf of Sound of Times, if we don't get back at you, I just want to thank Terry DeGroote and Mike Tuttle uh, for sitting in on Sound of Talk. This is the 218 series. We're celebrating 218. This is a wonderful month to be uh, in northern Minnesota. We've had a great month, haven't we, Terry? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. That's been wonderful. Right on.
This show is brought to you by Sun Country Airlines. Sun Country is staffed by cheerful humans. And wherever Sun Country flies, they are competitive and keep the airfare honest. So whether I'm checking out Temescal in Tulum or the Archimedes Banya in San Francisco, Sun Country Airlines is the first and last place I go for decent air travel. So Terry, if you could uh, bring a mobile sauna anywhere, anywhere in the world, uh, where would you like to bring it and take a sauna? I'll have to think about it. Um, Should we come back to that one? Sure. Okay, if you could take a sauna with anybody in the world, dead or alive, who would you choose? Oh, I don't know. I'll have to. <laughs> you should to give that. the, yeah, you got to give me these questions in advance. All right, okay, okay, this is okay. So now the mind's going on a couple of these. We're going to come back to them. And then uh, the third one is, what, what one thing about sauna do you think is misunderstood, like that people... Um, get wrong you know there's the average person when they hear the word sauna what what do you think is most misunderstood well i don't know the ones that uh misunderstand are you know probably never had a sauna before and and they just think it's uh you know like you're baking yourself like they're cooking their turkey for thanksgiving yeah right right that is a common one like oh i can't imagine going to sit in one of those hot rooms that's crazy all right so so anywhere in the world now terry you've lived you've lived in iran you've lived in hawaii you're from northern minnesota your parents are in colorado you're i would say a pretty well-traveled guy so you can imagine and you know northern minnesota like you do so where would you like to bring this mobile sauna terry well, I guess if, you know, on a camping trip up into the BWC, I mean, this is unrealistic, but uh, yeah. I mean, if you had it someplace, uh, you know, on Trout Lake and you're spending a week up there uh, camping and then had a sauna, I mean, that's <coughs> right. a, you know, fantasy, I guess. Mike is giving two thumbs up to that. Mike, yeah. you've been up in the Bonnaroders countless times. Have there been times after a paddle or maybe it rained or wherever that you wish you had a uh, sauna at the campsite? Oh, absolutely. In fact, after every canoe trip that I guided, what we looked forward to was a sauna. And I was just thinking, if I could bring a sauna anywhere, maybe bring a sauna with a meeting of all the heads of state to put them in a good mood. Wow, that's pretty neat. To bring peace to the world, that's neat. Um, I know I know uh, Khrushchev and the Finnish prime minister at the time i'm going to dig out a photo of this but they they would convene in the sauna in much to that spirit um so terry the other the other question then um we talked about like where you'd like to bring it and i love the answer i love that that boundary water thing sure it's unrealistic but you know there's been some chatter about a pontoon sauna and do you know chuck over there at vermilion houseboats uh, I've met him a couple of times. But. I left my card for him, and I know he's a busy guy and stuff, but I think that a company like that, if they could outfit one of their houseboats like that's gutted or whatever and make a kick-ass sauna on that chassis, and people could rent it. If you had, like, family reunion, like right now, the main's down the path. They have three children up, and his son and his son's wife are up. You know, it could be an experience, you know? I, no, actually, uh, out of all the crazy ideas you have, that would probably be one of the best ones I've heard okay. so far. Well, we could serve nice mugs on this, right? Right, right. No, no, I think that's a great idea. That would be uh, 
you know, it probably wouldn't be a terrible high expense investment. And yeah. yeah, no, people would really, it would probably catch on. Yeah, it would catch on and it would be great in that you could, um, you know, pull this right up to your dock. So it's an extension of the party space that you're having, you know, family reunion, uh, maybe when the New York Rangers win the Stanley Cup and Steve and Fogarty's up here with all the hockey guys. I mean, they'll, they'll would, they would, if that was a Stanley Cup visitation for Stephen Fogarty and he brought a bunch of his players up there and they went and played golf at the Wilderness, came back and uh, had a kick-ass sauna going on the pontoon right on the dock. be a memorable experience for those guys because a lot of those Canadians, you know, the NHLers, you know, Europeans, Canadians, sauna is a very comfortable thing. You know, hockey and sauna, I'd say out of all the sports, are most connected. You agree? Oh, yeah. Yep, I do. I agree. So, yeah, no, I like the idea. I might even invest in that one. Well, let's get it going. Here comes our CFO, Mike Tuttle. Mike Tuttle you know, it's all about operations, and, and uh, you would have to get Vermilion Houseboats to manage it or uh, maybe write docs. I mean, those, those kids may be looking for something to do in the summertime. And, uh, Mike, you met those kids. They were, did you talk sauna with those guys when they delivered your boat lift? Uh, yeah. In fact, I said I was coming down for a sauna, and they thought that was wonderful. Right. We got right on the same page there. Yeah. I was thinking, uh, along with hockey players, curlers probably like sauna too. And I know they like nice mugs. We sell a lot of them, yeah. Those, you know, can you imagine like curling on ice and then you're done and, and you, you grab some nice mugs and you're drinking out of ice? And then take a sauna, that's good. All right, well, anyhow, so this is the 218 series. Any, any final words, Terry? Did we get to your questions pretty good? I think we did. Okay. Well, thanks again, and Mike Tuttle, thank you for your time, and uh, it's summertime.